to a sleepy local train just as it was beginning to get dark. We chugged through an unfamiliar landscape of sloping hills covered with bracken and heather. In the depths of my misery I felt a twinge of curiosity. When I was little, Frankie had told me stories about Wildcliffe, which she had heard from her mother, stories about the wild moors and the lonely farms and the harsh northern skies. I had never seen the place, but now I was almost there— I put away my magazine and my headphones and peered out of the window into the dusk. Half an hour later, the train pulled into a little station at the head of a deep, shadowed valley. As I heaved my bags into a beat-up old taxi, a gust of wind whipped up a spatter of rain. I said, "'Wildcliffe, please,' and we set off. I tried to make conversation with the bleary-eyed taxi driver, but he barely grunted in reply. We drove on in silence." Between the clouds I caught sight of the sun slipping behind the moors like a streak of blood. The leaden sky seemed to press down heavily on the land. I had lived all my life next to the open sea, and those dark hills made me feel strangely hemmed in. For all my brave talk, I suddenly felt very small and alone. How stupid I'd been not to let Dad come! Then the car turned a corner, and the church tower and grey stone buildings of Wildcliffe Village finally came into sight. The driver pulled up outside a tiny general store on the rain-blackened street. "'Where to, then?' he growled. "'The Abbey,' I replied. "'You know, Wildcliffe Abbey School.' He twisted his head around and glared at me. "'I'll not take you to that cursed place,' he spat. "'You can get out and walk.' "'Oh, but,' I protested, "'I don't know where it is, and it's raining.' The man seemed to hesitate, but then he grunted again. "'It's not so far to walk. Knock on the door of Jones's shop, if you like. He'll drive you, but I won't.' He got out of the car and dropped my suitcases onto the wet pavement. I scrambled after him. "'But where's the school? Where do I go?' "'The Abbey is yonder.' he said, pointing reluctantly to the church. No more than half a mile from the graveyard. Tell Dan Jones that's where you're headed. A second later, his car roared out of the village, leaving me behind like an unwanted package. I couldn't believe that he had just dumped me there in the pouring rain. I knocked furiously on the door of the little shop, where the sign read D. Jones, Wildcliffe Store and Post Office. There was no answer— it was a late, wet Sunday evening, and the whole village seemed to be shut down for the night. I swore under my breath. There was no choice but to walk. The sun had set, and the pale moon was struggling to break free from a rack of clouds. Tall black trees and slanting graves crowded the little church. As I walked past, I was startled by the sound of rooks screeching in the dusk. I shook myself angrily. I wasn't going to be spooked by a few birds in a crummy churchyard. It looked like some ridiculously cheap set in a cheesy horror movie. Looking around, I saw an old sign marked Abbey. I set off down the lane, hauling my suitcases over the mud. By now my long red hair was dripping with rain, and my hands were white with cold, but I felt boiling hot inside, raging against the unfairness of everything— First Mum, then Frankie, and now this godforsaken boarding school, the insane cab driver, and the stupid, stupid rain. Lost in my bitter thoughts, I didn't see the horse 
or its rider until it was too late. There was a great flurry of hoofs and gleaming flanks in the swirl of a long coat. I looked up and froze, unable to get out of the way of a black horse that was hurtling toward me. Then it reared and screamed, and something struck the side of my head. I just remember falling, falling into darkness. When I opened my eyes again, the rider had dismounted and was hunched over me. He was only a boy, a few years older than me, but he looked as though he had come from a different world, a storybook land of knights and elves and princes. His long dark hair framed a pale, sensitive face with high cheekbones and brilliant blue eyes, and he was staring at me so intently that I felt uncomfortable. This was unreal. I wasn't the kind of girl who crashed into good-looking guys. I scrambled shakily to my feet. I'm sorry, I stammered.